If you want to see Kurt and Jen do comedy live, we've got a few shows coming up we want to tell you about. That's right. On October 2nd, Kurt is going to be hosting the Game Show Show on the Facebook Live of the Tucson Improv Movement with special contestants Crystal Pino from 106.3 The Groove and Riley from KFMA. We can see them go head-to-head in the Game Show Show. And then a week after that, both Kurt and Jen will be performing in the Tim stay-at-home show at 7 o'clock. That's right. So you can check out some stand-up, some sketch comedy on that one. And again, it's going to be on that Facebook Live at the Tucson Improv Movement. And then on October 10th, Jen Lanfers will be the special guest star at the Unscrewed House Party at 9.30 p.m. You can watch that at unscrewedtheater.org. It's going to be a lot of fun and a lot of improv. And we hope that you enjoy it. And And now, now, on on with with the the show. show. This is Kurt and Jen Make a Podcast. Today, we are talking about a band that Jen has selected. And instead of having Jen tell us what it is, let's listen to this. Here we come, walking down the street. We get the funniest looks from everyone we meet. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. And people say we monkey around. But we're too busy singing to put anybody down. That's right. It's the monkeys. Yeah. Do you think that they're looking at them funny because Michael Nesmith is always wearing a beanie? Is that why? <laughs> because that would be why I would be looking at them funny. It's summertime, guys. Like, come on. But apparently the reason that uh, he wears the beanie in all of the episodes is because he wore it to auditions. And that was the most memorable thing about him. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, And funny enough, my husband's very first concert was none other than the Monkees. You're kidding. At the Puyallup State Fair. And as my uh, cousin, or my cousin, my uh, nephew would like to say, the way back 80s. Um, And he only got to see three of the four Monkees as Michael Nesmith was missing because he had inherited the whiteout fortune. Ah, that's right. Yes, the and correction fluid fortune. That's right. Yes. So I remember in in the eighties that they I I had a subscription to Rolling Stone magazine and they had like a year end poll and the monkeys got the the best comeback tour or best comeback band and also the worst comeback band. <laughs> wow. You know, just like really running the gambit there. So that's pretty fun. So strong opinions about the monkeys. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't understand people who would hate on the monkeys. Like, it's just a fun, silly band that was put together for a TV show. Like, I don't understand what's wrong with this picture. I kind of, I mean, I kind of get like how like serious musicians would, you know, not like the idea of the prepackaged band and then just, you know, but they, they have good songs that they wrote and they, you know, they later proved themselves. So to... Did they write them? I don't wrote, think that they wrote them. They wrote a number of songs. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Not, I mean, a, a lot of their hits, like the, the, the 60s hits that they, they wrote, I think most of them are written by someone else. But there yeah. were a number of songs. Okay. Um, 
I'm not fact checking you here, so let our listeners fact check you. <laughs> so, including the the closing theme of the the TV show, which so, I do not recall at all. Oh, so you don't remember? The, okay, so here I'm going to play just a little snippet of it. This is here. I'll play this, and I'm sure you'll recognize it. I do not recall that song at all. Oh, you're Apparently, kidding. I did not listen through the credits. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so that was written by Peter Tork. Okay. And the name of that song, which I didn't know until just a day or two ago is called for Pete's sake. Oh, so Pete wrote it, but he gave it to Mickey to sing. Nice. nice. Yeah. So they've got a number of, uh, of songs that they wrote. And, and like I said, a lot of the, their hits were written by, you know, your Neil Diamonds or, you know, Carol Kings or thing, you know, but, but they did and they did produce a lot of cool music on their own. So. Yeah. So uh, one of those songs that I don't think was written by them, but is one of their bigger hits um, was covered by the Sex Pistols. And do you know what song that is, Kurt? Yes, I do. It was also covered by a band called Bang, Bang, Bang. Well, that is an excellent band name. It is. That was a a band that I was in in high school. Oh, (laughs) I did not know that when I said flattering things about the name of the band. Oh, oh, very nice. So may I take it back now? Yes, please. (laughs) Okay. Um, But I want to play a little bit of the Sex Pistols version of Stepping Stone because it's such a good song that can be played in so many different formats, as it were. just i i i i love it <laughs> yeah i just i just love it so oh. what is it about that about that song that you love so much i well i um i think it's i think it's a great message like it's like a really cool message but i also like how like when you make it gritty it's still a fun song like it doesn't lose it's funny a little bit okay you know what i mean I don't yeah know. All right. Well, it was it was selected by Bang 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 as a song that we were able to successfully play. Uh, so that was uh, that was your key, that was your whole reason for playing it. One of the key reasons one that we key, yes. we play a song, we chose a song to play, is because we could. Yes. So. Well, I mean that's the first thing, right? So works for me. The the monkeys were 
you know, definitely in, you know, the sixties and they were definitely had that hippie vibe. And one of the songs that I, I think is very funny, but maybe not from in the, uh, in the way that they intended uh, was this very hippie song called apples, peaches, bananas, apples, peaches, bananas, and pears. And pears. Sorry. Okay. Did you hear this one? I did not. Okay. Here's a little bit of that song. Apples, peaches, bananas, and pears. I love you. Girl, now that's the truth. I need you. So, yeah. So did I just listen to? <laughs> yeah, the the way that they express their love is by bringing apples, peaches, bananas, and pears. Well, pears is the best of all of those. So I mean, like, if you're gonna like give your love a fruit, it should be like a pear or a fig. Like I don't like an apple and a banana. Just seems like silly. Seems silly. One of them goes to your teacher, and one of them is clearly for a physical comedy bit. So <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to say some phallic reason. <laughs> uh, no. Hard no. Pass. Okay. I, yeah. uh, sorry. I know that you wouldn't go there. No. But <laughs> I wouldn't, but I would go straight to the falls on the banana peel. Yes. That's or, or to be used as a telephone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a legit use of a banana. It's a legit use. So that actually uh, makes me think of one of the songs that I thought was funny, but because, uh, you know what? Let's listen to it and then we'll talk about it. We'll have a dinner date tonight and play some Scrabble with the guys and wear our pink party hats. Maybe I should take her on safari. You'll see us way from our canoe if that's what she wants to do. Tell me what's wrong with that. it was a like a shoe in to go on this podcast because it's called she makes me laugh right <laughs> um they get to wear pink party hats there's scrabble involved uh they might go on a canoe a canoe if that's what she's into which reminds me of a flight of the concord song yeah if that's what you're into if that's what yeah. you're into that's right um but i just i love the song and then i found the music video for this oh there's a video there's a video where we see the monkeys as Archie's comic characters. Oh, cool. And like, we just see all of the lyrics and I'm like, it's even cuter and funnier now. Is that an official music video? Or it is. That is. Just one? It was posted okay. by the monkeys official on, on the YouTube. So, wow, that's cool. So do you know who wrote this song? I, so I saw online that it was Rivers Cuomo but that yes. can't be right. No, it's that is right? correct. I was like, so, somebody's pulling my leg on the internet. But I wanted to talk a little bit about this album because this album came out in 2016. Oh, wow. 
And I completely missed this album. I totally I missed this album as well. And do you know who produced this album? Which I'm guessing you don't. I, I do not, unless it is also Rivers Cuomo from Weezer. So. No, this was, <laughs> this was uh, produced by Adam Schlesinger. Oh. Who also wrote uh, two songs on this album. Wow. Uh, he writes everything. Let's be honest. Yeah. He, oh, where he wrote everything. I don't like using past tense and it's making yeah. me very upset. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll, <laughs> but so this, yeah. So this album had a song by uh, Harry Nilsson, Andy Partridge, um, Neil Diamond. Uh, so Peter Tork had a song, Michael Nesmith, Mickey Dolenz. So a wide variety of writers. And yeah, it was produced by, by Adam Schlesinger. And I think someone else produced one of the tracks, but it, well, yeah, it was written, it was released in 2016, and all the songs that I've heard off of this are really good. Wow. I was, and it was, uh, you know, Mojo gave it the top, uh, the 50 best albums of 2016, <laughs> and All Music had uh, one of the top, well, top, it was the 44th ranked best rock album of 2016. So I've been, I've been listening to a lot of these songs, and they're pretty cool. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. So it, it actually, it, it blew my mind. Like the first time, the first song that I uh, heard off of this was the, un, or our own world. I was listening to that and I was, you know, doing the Apple music where it shows you the, the lyrics and at the very end of it, it said written by Adam Schlesinger. And I was like, what? I had no idea. It felt, it feels kind of new, but it also feels very much of the, like the sixties too. And so it, He's just an amazing writer. Yeah. It's just so good. He wrote all the hits for Josie and the Pussycats. So <laughs> just the correct pronunciation of that. You have to emphasize the and. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's, uh, there's another song that I, I like a lot. Uh, this And it's not... The, the lyrics in it aren't totally hilarious, but it is a very cool and fun song that I wanted to play. It's called Going Down. Oh, this was on my list too. Oh, it was? Okay, I'm very so, excited. Okay, so where did you want to play this one from? Oh, I hadn't yet had a timestamp, so you just oh, okay. go for it. Okay, we'll play it from the top here because it's uh, it, it's very cool right from, that st right from the start. <laughs> Floating in the river with a saturated liver And I wish I could forgive her But I do believe she meant it when she told me to forget it And I bet you will forget it when they find me in the morning Wet and drowned And the wood gets round I'm going down I'm going down I'm coming up for air, it's pretty stuff under there Like I said, I didn't care, but I forgot to leave a note And it's so hot to stay afloat, I'm soaking wet without a boat And I knew I should have taken off my shoes It's front page news Going down I I have two comments. Okay, let's let's address them one at a time. Okay, number. Eh, let's go with number two. Number oh, okay. two. <laughs> all right, mix up the order. That's I'm gonna right. mix up the order. It's what I'm gonna do. Number okay. two. Why wouldn't you have taken off your shoes if you're gonna go floating down a river? <sighs> right. I'm just saying. That's, that's like okay. step one is take off your shoes. Tell you what. Step let's two not go, is to get into the inner tube. Well, let's not go super deep into why he threw himself well, in the fair river. Enough, fair enough, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, okay. And then number one, have you seen a saturated liver? It is a little bit disturbing because it is like 
It's like five times the size of a normal liver. That's all I'd like to say. Oh, so you have seen? I have it- in anatomy lab. In a well, oh. cadaver lab. It's a cadaver lab. <laughs> there, there also was another lyric in here that I thought was pretty funny. It was uh, closer to the end. What a way to spend the night. If I don't drown, I'll die of fright. My pappy taught me how to float, but I can't swim a single note. <laughs> can't swim a single note? Yeah, I can't swim a single note. Yeah. So That's an interesting... Uh, yeah, obviously a musician talking. Yeah. But... This is such a, this, this song is like, first of all, obviously the lyrics go by very fast and it is, that is a lot of skill to sing this song as quickly as it goes. And And intelligibly. I was very impressed with the intelligibility of it. Yeah. So this is, this is a very fun song. Yeah. I could, I could totally see this uh, in the TV show as well. Um, I, them doing one of their, you know, interstitial, uh, you know, uh, video segments to this, but I, unfortunately I don't know. I wasn't able to track down the actual episode if they did use this or not. Mm. It would be disappointing if they did not. Ah, <laughs> uh, this song reminds me of another song that I don't necessarily want to play because it's not that hilarious. Um, but are you familiar with the song? Your auntie Griselda. Yes. Okay. Yes, I did spend a little time with this one too. Okay. So I'm not going to talk about this because the song isn't really that funny. It's not that great. But what it does remind me of is every family has someone with a terrible, terrible name. Um, Kurt, do you have anyone in your family with a terrible, terrible name? (coughs) Well, I mean. I mean, you could go extended family here. Yeah. So like, uh, I think some of the... um, terrible i mean unusual unusual okay sure we'll be nicer i'll be mean to my family it's fine so my grandparents were uh adele irv um ralph and mercedes so those are some unusual names i'm sorry mercedes or mercedes mercedes that's the way it was pronounced okay um and i thought haven't i told you this story before about uh about um, yes, her name was Mercedes, and way back when, when my when my brother was learning to speak and what have you, she did not want to be called Grandma, so he, she was trying to teach him to say Mercedes, and she grabbed a matchbox car and tried to, you know, it's spelled the same way as the car Mercedes, yeah, and tried to help uh, help him pronounce it. And so Carl had a different matchbox car, which was an Opal, and started calling her Opal because of that. And oh, to this cute. day, all of her grandparents call her Opal. Her I'm sorry, all of her grandkids yeah. call her Opal. And that is Olivia's middle name. Oh, that's sweet. That's a sweet story. Yeah. So I have a great aunt named Eugenia, which when you write it down and you're speaking English is Eugenia. Okay. And it is the worst name ever when you write it down and translate it into English because Eugenia sounds nice, right? Like my great, my great aunt Eugenia, which she didn't like to be called great aunt because you know, um, so she was Tia Eugenia and like, it was very cute until I explained it to like one of my friends. Like I said, Oh, I'm going to go visit my Tia Eugenia. And she was like, well, how do you, 
spell that? And so I did. And I was like, E-U-G-E-N-I-A. And she's like, that's, that's Eugenia. And I was like, it's so much, everything's better when it's pronounced in Spanish. So that's, yeah. that's where I'm going with that. Yeah. It's also, I have no uh, sort of touchstone, no relevance for me to figure out whether a a name in another language is like nerdy or weird or anything. They all sound just foreign, you know? <laughs> Eugenia is nerdy and weird in Spanish as well. So oh, okay, good. Yeah, I, yeah, I will yeah. take it's your word the, for that. It's the same level. It's the same level of terror. It just sounds slightly better than Eugenia. <laughs> oh yeah. Everything sounds better when they, you yeah. know, foreign language yeah. or foreign accent. Exactly. But that's all I could think of the entire time your Auntie Griselda played was Eugenia. Every time they said Griselda, I was like, Eugenia. <laughs> it's just funny. In your Auntie Griselda, that was one of the songs that I was like, oh, this is this is probably, you know, I heard it and I was like, this is probably one that they wrote themselves. And no, it is not. This oh, wow. This is also another one that was written for them. So <sighs> I figured... I tended to have this thing in my mind where like uh, the, the straight up pop ones were more written by someone else. And then the weird ones were written by, uh, by the Beatles or the Beatles. The monkeys. <laughs> that was a weird uh, Freudian slip there, but that was weird. That's weird. <laughs> There's only one English guy in this. I don't know if you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did know that. And so, by the way, this was another weird thing for me, which was, that if they, like, I've seen this documented a couple of places and it's kind of hearsay and internet, but basically Davey was a better drummer than Mickey. Oh. And clearly uh, Mickey had, you know, the, you know, the, the front man chops. And so he, and he sang most of their hits. So if they would have done it, the, the you know the based on what instrument they play the best then Davey would have been the drummer Mickey would have been up front and also Peter would have been the guitarist and Michael would have been the bassist okay and, but but Davey's got that cute baby face that like the ladies like that is true that's true and, but but and and that's what I thought the reason was that's what oh, yeah? I thought that they were going to you know you can't put Davey behind the drums with you that can't, such a cute because you lose that face but that wasn't even the real reason. Oh, wow. It was because he's so short that he would be hidden behind the drums. That's hurtful and unnecessary. But 100% accurate. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's <laughs> let's take a trip down. Jen is short and she gets annoyed sometimes, Land. Okay. Do you know what the first instrument I tried to play was? Kettle drum. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so close. Oh, damn. Um, so in... In elementary school, they said that you could try out for like band, right? And I wanted to play the drums and they said, you're too short. No. So, yeah. And then I went to orchestra and I thought, great, I'll play the, the upright bass. How, how are And it repeated again. And then they handed me a cello. How could drums make you, I mean, it's... They like didn't the think band. My, my arms were long enough to hit the... That's I'm ridiculous. like, I hate everybody right now. It's good times. I mean, in band, at least in you know the concert band, you would play like a snare drum. Oh, no, this, was, a, this was an actual drum kit. In the band? In the, yeah. And you had one person playing? Yep. Sean. Oh, wow. Sean got it. I did not. 
Not that uh-huh. I remember anything about this. <laughs> and this was, so when did band start for you? Um, it was in uh, fourth or fifth grade. Okay. Yeah. We started band in fourth grade. Yeah. I and can't. so we had, we'd have. Um, so imagine you know, how short I am now, but like then. I, I can imagine that. <laughs> that it's insanely <laughs> short. I don't know that I was even four feet. I probably wow. was not. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture like a, a band in like a, a grade school band with someone playing a trap set. I don't know that just seems you. insane to me. We had, you know, like a couple of snare players, a bass drum player, uh, a guy holding the cymbals, is like a, you know, like a uh, marching band. Would, you would have cymbal player, but you just instead of you would just have a single person playing all of the percussion instruments in a trap set. Yep. Okay. Weird. Yep. It was weird. And was. And also, none of the none of our fourth grade drummers were like good enough to play in a <laughs> to a trap set. So, well, I think they only like allowed one drummer per year. So, like, there was one fourth grade drummer and one fifth grade drummer. Oh wow! Yeah, and I was like, great, check me off that list. Good times. Yeah, <sighs> I th- you know, when I think about when I think back to you know different, if, if I could have made a different decision back, uh, you know throughout you know my life you know you have these regrets i should have i should have picked up the drums that's what i think i should have done earlier instead of playing the trombone in fourth grade should have played mm. the drums yeah i mean i like the cello different. but like it would have been really cool if i had just like stayed with the like upright bass and been like no i'm gonna stand on this i'm gonna do it <laughs> but so 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 both of the both the bass and the drums they just said no they, they just said no you're too short okay it's a running theme in my life. Oh, so your your orchestra did have an upright yes, bass? Yes, it did. Oh. I did not get it because I was not tall enough. I don't remember there being any... In, in, when, you again, were in fourth, not small enough to... No, no, have, I'm saying no. I don't think there was any, anyone that was uh, rejected from any instrument that they picked. You put down the instrument you wanted to play and then you got that. That was That's, not how it worked. At Claremont Elementary. So, Very competitive band. I don't know. Just... I don't know that it was competitive. Anyway, <laughs> moving well, right along. You have the means to get an upright bass. Have I you do. considered? I have, but like I I would need like full on lessons for this. Like I okay. would actually need to like commit time. And I don't know if I can do that with three podcasts, uh, <laughs> a bunch of virtual teams that I'm on now. And two children and a husband. Fair enough. Yeah. Unless unless you get the kids to pick up like, you know, the drums and piano and then you got yourself a little jazz trio there. I mean, it was it would be amazing. Amazing. I tried that. Let me tell you I tried that and my kids flat out rejected all the They didn't the go instrument. full partridge family for you? Is that that is that not what happened? No, uh they we we tried guitar on both of them. We tried uh, piano lessons on both of them. I bought Matthew a snare drum and tried to get him to do some snare drum, told him I'd get him lessons, and they just rejected all of that. Well, so. you know, you can't force them. Let them do what they want to do. See, I can force them, but <laughs> I didn't force them. <laughs> I forced them to do with piano lessons as long as we did because they hated it the whole way. 
Oh, well. That's some good parenting advice right Thank there. You. All right. So this whole conversation, and particularly the jazz trio part of it, reminds me of a weird song that the monkeys covered. Um, did you listen to Rio Chiu? I think I skimmed this one. Perhaps? It is in Spanish. Yeah, I think and it I is did. like it is like an old Christmas carol from the 1500s. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, it is a please. super old Spanish Christmas carol. Um it's kind of like like if I said that this was my favorite Christmas carol, it would kind of be like if I say um my favorite English Christmas carol, which is Good King Wenceslas. So it's a like super archaic, super old um Christmas carol that they did and the video is hilarious and adorable and it they makes have a me video? smile. Oh yeah, my well, gosh. I don't know if it was part of their Christmas special, but it's them singing it around the Christmas tree, which is lovely. Um, but it made me bust out laughing. And anybody who speaks Spanish and listens to this podcast would also laugh because it's like a full on, like God knew that Mary was this wonderful person and she wouldn't <laughs> let the wolves eat her. And I'm like, why are they singing this in the seventies? I don't understand. Oh, okay. So this was this was in the seventies or the what year was this released? I don't know what year it was released. I did not look at that because I was laughing too hard about the fact that they were covering the song. So okay, 100% are you playing no a, idea? Are you playing a, a part of it? If you would like me to, I would be. I would be honored to play a little bit of the song. Great, and then you got to translate it though. Oh no, I'm not going to translate it. I just gave oh. you the gist. Basically, Mary's going to get eaten by wolves. We don't want her to get eaten by wolves. Okay, so... That's like the play, second verse. It's fine. Play it. Okay, play the second verse then. Play the snippet where we hear Mary and Lobo. Okay, got it. So yeah, so he's like, he's like, uh, the, the wolves that are like dangerous. And then like, we know that Mary or that Jesus was not born of original sin. And I'm like, what the is happening? Why are you singing this? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It's a loose translation because I don't speak the Spanish that well, guys. So. <sighs> so. Okay. So they actually released a Christmas song two years ago. Did you <gasps> know this? No, I did not. Please tell me all about it because you know how much I love Christmas songs. I love <sighs> holidays. So this is a song. Uh, uh, maybe I will play just a, a, a touch of this. I wasn't planning to, but uh, this is. This is called Unwrap You at Christmas. Oh. We're getting a little bit spicy. A little randy? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah, right. 
I, There's no subtlety there. There you go. Yeah. And that was written by Andy Partridge okay. of XTC. Wow. All and right. so this album, and I, yeah, it was released in 2018. And it also has songs written by River Cuomo, uh, Adam Schlesinger, uh, Alex Chilton. Uh, they do Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. Wow. And Just... but but the uh, the song that you mentioned is not on here. And at first, when you actually in the Target exclusive bonus tracks, it does include it. But uh, it was from a 1967 recording that they added as a. Oh bonus my god! Track. It was even. Oh gosh. Okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, okay, I need to even this out a little bit because we just got into like unwrapping somebody at Christmas. Um, So here's what I'm going to do. Hold on a second. What does that (laughs) even mean to even it out? I'm going to, I assume it's a lady based on the TV show and their proclivities. I don't know. Okay. Um, So what? And what, so what needs to be evened out? I'm just going to, I'm just going to even the score between the monkeys and the ladies. Okay. So (laughs) it's not I'm assuming that she's a willing participant in this. It's such a weird thing to say. Anyway, all right. Like, just the whole thing is just a little bit weird. I don't want to hear about it. Okay, cool. Um, so uh, they uh, they have a song called She, which I think is hilarious for what we hear about right at this point in the song. I'm better off alone. And now I know just why she... Keeps me hanging around. She needs someone to walk on, so her feet don't touch the ground. Don't touch the ground. But I love her. Love her. I need her. Want her. Yeah, Yeah, I just wanted to put that in there. Okay. I wanted to make sure. All right. Well, this is an excellent time for us to take a short break. Wow. The people on that ad sounded so good. They just seem like professional broadcasters, to be sure. Right. Right. Anyway, back to the monkeys. Um, we both decided that it would be fun to watch an episode of the monkeys TV show and then yeah, chat about it. Didn't seem fair to really rate the monkeys without actually talking about the TV show. It was such a big part of their existence. So yeah, it was so, a delightful part of their existence. Yeah. So yeah. And we uh, I, we were talking about which which episode should we should we do, and the my thought was either we could do the the pilot episode uh, or we could do the one, the singular episode that I could actually halfway remember the the plot to. Do you have the name of the episode close at hand? The Devil and Peter Tork? Oh, that is probably it. I don't know that it is, but it sounds right. The Devil and Peter Tork is correct. <gasps> oh my gosh. Thank you for this award that you, you didn't offer me yet, but I assume <laughs> it's coming. So <laughs> I, I really way. appreciate it. Thank you. This was a show 
I never knew that it was a primetime show. I mean, not never, but when I was watching it, it was always like reruns in the uh, during the day. Oh my god! And it was so the kind of thing I, that I'd watch during the you know when I was homesick from school. Uh, it was something that so we had very very limited uh, television when I was little, um, and I was always at my abuela's house like after school because she would pick me up after school until my mom got home. Um, and we would go to her house and she had like just whatever you got with your like antenna. Um, and so I watched a lot of the monkeys. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like a lot of the monkeys as a child. Um, I also watched like a lot of PBS, um, and a lot of keeping up appearances. So in case anybody cares, <laughs> um, bouquet residents, high since speaking, um, and the monkeys were like my whole life when I was, uh, school age. Yeah. Like really really young so did you have other episodes that that you remember from i don't i don't remember any of them i just remember that i liked it um and that yeah yeah so this was the only like i remember little snippets of of yeah i remember gags yeah like they had great gags they were always like really entertaining but i don't remember anything about it so and, I really appreciated rewatching this episode, which was amazing. Yes. Um, ama- First of all, the devil is involved. And we don't explicitly find out that he's the devil until halfway through. I mean, it's pretty obvious when yeah. he like magics a like a, a document and a pen. A, f- yes. a quill. I'm sorry, a quill. He magics a quill into existence, into his hand. And oh. I'm like, oh, that's a devil move, right? Um, Although yeah. that was the kind of thing that would show up, that you know, the the goofy stuff that would show up in monkeys episodes. That's true. Like, you know, it was like stuff would appear. It's like, uh, and I'm not even sure we have a good concrete example, but little bits of, you know, all of a sudden they they do a stop motion, and all of a sudden they're holding something that they weren't holding before. But uh, by the way, why can't listener, we do that in real life? Like I don't understand. I want yeah. that magic in my life. So listener. It would be an excellent time for you to stop this podcast, watch the Devil and Peter Torque, and then pick Which this up again. Linked because in our are, show notes. Yes, because we are going to give away plot points for this episode. If you are nervous about having spoilers for <laughs> the Devil and Peter Torque, which you should be, because it's a delightful episode. Um stop now. Watch it. You've got 25 minutes on your hand, and then come right back. Good right, time. it's on. It's on YouTube for free, uh, and it's ad free except for maybe something at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so Peter goes into this music shop, and the, he sees this harp that he wants to he wants to get, but of course he doesn't have any money. But the owner, who is a very creepy, why doesn't he have any money? Why don't they have money? I mean, like they were like peak fame and fortune. Was the was the whole thing was that they were like starting out in the TV show? Is that? Yeah, I think that I think the idea was the, the they were a struggling band of musicians, right? They were all okay, living cool. together. Yeah, that's and, true. Right, so it's it, you know it, a lot of the uh, a lot of TV shows, you know, most of the plot points come from not having any money and need to do something ridiculous to true <laughs> in order to do what they need to do. And in this case, 
Peter just signed a contract without even looking at it. He didn't even read it. He didn't even read a word of it. And I was like, oh my God. So let's go back to my story about the cello. When (laughs) I got said cello, I know that we're going on a little like tangent here, but my mother made me sign a three-year contract that I was going to play the cello for at least three years. (laughs) And she made me like read it. Because she also threw in there, like, doing laundry for other members of the household. And I was like, no, 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 I want this stricken out. And so, like, she was teaching me contract law um, in the fourth did, grade. Did she purchase this cello? She rented this... it. Yeah, no, she, okay. it was like a rental. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. But you read it. I read it. And I had that strucken. Like, st- uh, strucken? Stricken? <laughs> stricken? Struck. Struck through? <laughs> I had it. I had it lined out. I don't know. <laughs> Perfect. Oh. Uh, and then, so he he gets the gets the harp and gets and and I, and I think it was in that first scene that he's where he says, "Oh, I don't even know how to play." And then he's like, "That's okay. I will give you the ability to play the harp." So yeah, wasn't that like a little like light bulb for Peter, or just Peter? Is Peter like the cute dumb one? Is that his? Oh. Yes. Peter is <laughs> the cute dumb doubt. one. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice that they have those for the gentleman folk too, because there's always the cute dumb one in the ladies on the TV shows. Yes. Yeah. And so he, and then they show a little scene of him uh, carrying a harp down the road. <laughs> that looked so uncomfortable. I was like, has, how has no one stopped to help him? Like, I, I don't understand. And he, of course, does some comical, oh, I'm almost dropping it, and then doesn't drop it while he's walking down the street with this harp, which was like, just a little little added shtick to the episode. Uh, And so then he, so then he comes, oh, no, he's not granted the ability to play it yet, right? It happens later in the, in their house. Is it? Because he comes home, and then... All three of the guys, like after they see that he has that harp, it's like, yeah, that's a beautiful instrument, but you don't know how to play it. You better take it back. That was that was was their reaction to Peter playing, getting the harp. And, and then the devil they... poofs in and yes. gives him it. Okay, yeah, now I remember. Yeah, and so and then he was, and then they're like, how are we even going to put this into our act? And then like we cut to this montage of like screaming fans and newspapers saying that the monkeys introduced the harp into the act. Yeah, with the 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 trope of the spinning newspaper and, you know. Well, that's how you know that it's news. Exactly. That's how you know that it was front page news. If it's not a spinning newspaper, then you imagine that it's not the front page. Right, that's right. What I, that's what I've been told. <laughs> but, uh, oh yeah, so when they, when, and when they first bring it in, like all of the guys just like say, yeah, get rid of it, get rid of it, walk away. And, and then, and then, yeah, the devil comes with a puff of smoke and they later refer to him as Smokey the bear because he always appears and disappears with a puff of smoke. I like the line where they're like, you need to quit. You need to cut down on your smoking, man. <laughs> and, and by the way, they were pretty chill about this guy just appearing in their In house. a puff of smoke. Yes. It's like, in oh, their house. Hey, what are you doing here, man? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, they get... I don't know. They're hippies, right? So who knows? <laughs> so they get, so contrary to what we talked about earlier, that they are a struggling band, they did achieve fame and fortune by introducing the harp into the act, and yeah. uh, which 
is and I think they actually played a little bit of uh he, he was when he was playing he was playing a little bit of uh daydream daydream believer on the harp along yes with and it was really cute it was a really <laughs> cute cover of it or like I guess version of it um but what I found the most interesting is when the devil tried to take his soul and all the guys were like no you can't take Peter's soul he didn't know <laughs> and then they go to trial yeah well, so another one of the funny bits in that was um, be- before the trial where they're, well, there's two funny bits. One is where they're talking about going to hell and every time they they say the word hell, it's oh, yes, I remember a funny this. little noise. And, and then after that happened three times, Mickey directly to the camera says, the Breaking most disturbing it. thing is that you're not allowed to say hell on TV. <laughs> that was so adorable what a good fourth wall break like i just loved it it was so cute and well done like he did it oh yeah go ahead no he just did it with that very like wink to the audience it was so good like it was it was well hammed up and and mickey is clearly the best actor in the group oh yes (laughs) yes by a long shot yeah peter's probably second because he plays like aloof real well yep yep but Probably being a, doing a lot of being Peter. Maybe. <laughs> but, I don't know. But but after that little bit, they had then their first, uh, the first song, which they, which is them playing a song and they, they go in between like a little bit of, you know, them doing like a music video kind of thing. But also for this particular episode, it was them imagining what it's like to go down to hell. Which was one of the more insane portions of Is this, this the part episode. with the girls in the bodysuits? Yes. Okay, so I, I, I not a big fan of the girls in the bodysuits. Like I like the fact that this would have been a really easy Halloween costume to pull off. But like the only time that there are any females in this entire episode, we see them as dancers for the devil. Yes. Which I mean, while it's a cool title. <laughs> uh, dancing for the devil. Uh, right. yeah, it's, 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 it didn't hold up so great. Are you saying that it was gratuitous sex? And... I don't think it was. Gr- I don't. Well, it wasn't. It sex. was just You're weird. Right. It was just weird, and like that's the only time we saw females. You yes. know what I mean? Like, it was just strange. Although I really appreciated the level of of camp in the outfits. Because for sure, I'm going to buy one of those. Like, that's going to be easy to purchase. Like, that's a great Halloween costume. But it was weird. But equally as weird were the male demons that had, like, it Like it was very clearly just a hood that they had put on. Because they were, had, like, a collar that was attached to the hood. There were male demons? I don't remember any male demons. <laughs> oh, I wonder why you don't remember any of the male demons. So, and, and the and the weird thing about that this whole scene was that it was supposed to be, oh my gosh, hell is so scary, we can't let Peter go to hell. It didn't look that scary to me. No, no. It seemed it, like you got go-go dancers in hell, so why would you stay? Like, I don't get it. Like, I mean, Peter Tork's character should have been like, oh no, cool, I'm cool here, we're good. <laughs> there was a little bit of fire, and there yeah. was a little bit of brimstone, yeah. but most there was a good percentage of hot go-go dancers in body suits and it's like "Ah, okay (laughs) (laughs) oh that's the wrong message to send to the youth of america (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly, right? right? Right, that's the wrong message. Maybe instead of bleeping the word hell, we get rid of the go-go dancers in hell. <laughs> to make it seem a little less cool? Yeah, less, just a little uh, bit less appealing. cool. I don't know. And so they play the song, uh, and during this, they play the song Salesman, which, oh, yeah. you know, it's kind of shoehorned in, but it, it was uh, one of the uh, one of the few songs with Michael on, on lead. So it was a cool song. Yeah, it was a cool song. And I think it was uh, apt for this because he sold him the harp. He sold Peter the harp. But, he sold okay. Peter the harp. Okay. Yes. Yes. And that that's why we were listening to Salesman. Yes, right, right, right. Okay, okay, so, okay. So the devil is a salesman. There we go. Yeah, so it was apt that uh, they referred to the devil as a salesman. Um, but still, just it was you know a pre-existing song that is sort of shoehorned into the, you know, into the plot of the the episode when it is finally time for the devil to collect on the the contract. They he conjures a court which appears to be in the same set that they recorded the hell segment. <laughs> it does appear that way. Yes. And uh, I won't get into the, the, the legal proceedings too much, although, that, you know, we're really Su- going to dig deep in it. Suffice to say, the best lawyer in the group is clearly Michael Nesmith. That's right. Who aptly defends the young and... Naive? Okay. okay. Let's go with naive. Ah, clueless, naive. It's the same thing. Peter Tork, uh, yeah. by saying that love and his and and the love for the instrument is what gave him the abilities. That's right. And, and so, somehow uh, this gets him off. So good work, Michael Nesmith. That's all I'm saying. Well, I mean, he had to prove. So right. the devil removed the ability that he gave him, mm-hmm. and Peter he had to then prove. Play. That he could play the harp on his own. Yeah. And he so, did it. So, and I remember having this thought back then, you know, when I saw it originally when I was a kid, obviously still in reruns, but still at least 40 years ago. And then also now, and I ask you the question, Jen, do you think that was Peter actually playing the harp? Oh my God. I didn't even consider that it was Peter playing the harp. I. So, so I, my gut reaction was that it wasn't him playing the harp. Was it? So, so I guess the, I, I, he seemed to have like, it was a close up of, you know, you could see his face and his hands. So you could see the technique that he was playing. It just wasn't a hundred percent sure if that was the, you know, the, the sound coming out of it. So I, I am not sure, but it does look like Peter does know how to play the harp. It, like he was doing things that looks like what a harpist would do. Related question. Yes. Not about the monkeys. Oh, okay. Do you think it was Keanu Reeves playing the theremin in Bill and Ted's three? <laughs> I'm going to say no on that one. Oh, that's hurtful. I feel like he was playing the theremin. Anyway, uh, moving on. Peter Tork gets let off. He gets to yeah. go back. Everything's happy. The end. Yes. Yeah. And then at the, so at the end, oh, another thing that was interesting, there's no B story in this episode. Nope. All which people. is, yeah, I don't know if that was the, like all sitcoms at the time to just had no B story or whether it was, you know, the monkeys, but it was like weird. It's like all about Peter and the devil. Yeah. 
Um, and then, uh, so just a couple of things. And then at the end of the episode, they had like a music video. Which and it was which I think was pretty standard for the monkeys. They did a lot of those, sure. Either interspersed or at the end, they would do a music video of whatever song they felt like. Right, right, and uh, so that was the one that they could shoehorn in as part of the plot. Then that's what they do in the middle, and then do their little weird kind of Benny Hill or or, or Scooby Doo kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I much prefer the Scooby-Doo version because I think that it's more fun. And I think that they do it more in the Scooby-Doo way. Okay. Are you, oh, you're not a fan of Benny Hill? I like a couple things that Benny Hill did. <laughs> I think that's how most of us feel these days. I think so too. Uh, boy, I loved Benny Hill when I was a kid, but uh, yeah, it's it's not quite the same anymore. No. But you got to love Yakety Sax, though. <laughs> I do not recall it. Oh, that's the music that they played. Oh, okay. There you go. The the sax song. All right. I did and not then, know that. I also... So just a few other notes that I made from watching this. The uh, in the In the credits, they did not have a huge, long, extended credits, but... The person that designed the monkey mobile got credit in this episode, even though the monkey mobile did not appear. Maybe so, they just never changed the credits. Like the credits were the same for every episode of, yeah, each season. Well, they listed the two songs though, individually. Hmm. hmm. So they listed uh, never know. the No Time song and they also yeah. listed the uh, Salesman song. Mm-hmm. So, so apparently vehicle design got a lot of juice back in the day <laughs> yeah you gotta then, know who was making that sweet ride <laughs> exactly and uh and it was delightful it was a it was a fun episode it was you know it was actually more crazy than i remember it but it was uh, uh it was the normal level of crazy that i was expecting when i got when i when we decided that we were going to watch a monkeys episode i was like oh okay <laughs> this seems like on par with the monkeys episodes that i remember so the song that they played at the end was a song called no time which is a a a cool kind of blues kind of song and this is actually going to lead into another song that i'm going to talk about this i'm going to play a little snippet of no time you don't seem to make no sense never mind furthermore to pay yourself defense no time So they played that song at the end and did just a little goofy music video along to it. Well, Um, I mean, I think it fit nicely with the episode, that line about (laughs) self-defense. So, and that was the, that was the line that I actually wanted to bring up. They should have Uh, definitely been appointed a representative because they clearly were not doing a great job at their, at their self representation. Hey, they won. (laughs) I mean, eventually, but it took four tries or three tries, (laughs) which is what it always takes in a sitcom. (laughs) That's right. Set up the pattern and smash the pattern, right? That's right. So, so no time is basically the exact music for, uh, the song traveling band by CCR, but, 
But that one lyric, never mind the furthermore, the plea is self-defense, which is then leads me to this song, which is actually one of my favorite monkey songs, a very weird one. Zilch, Mr. Davalina, Mr. Bob Davalina, Mr. Davalina, Mr. Bob Davalina. Zilch, China Clipper calling Alameda. China Clipper calling Alameda. Zilch, China Clipper calling Alameda. Never mind the furthermore, the plea is self-defense. Never mind the furthermore, the plea is self-defense. It is of my opinion that the people are intending. It is of my opinion that the people are intending. It is of my opinion that the people are intending. It is of my opinion that the people are intending. It is of my opinion that the people are. It is of my opinion that it is of my people that the timid. Never mind the furthermore. That goes on for another like forty-five seconds. Oh my God. That is a lot. I was like, oh, is this like a 30 second in between song song? <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah. And it, it is so weird for so many different reasons. But first of all, next time we have four people together in doing like improv warm up, I want to do that song. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. And, but yeah, so it takes that one line from uh, No Time. The never mind the furthermore, the plea is self-defense. And then just, I don't know where any of the other lines come from, but these, just these, you know, each of the four monkeys says one line over and over. It's almost like a round, except that it's not really going round. It's just sort of, um, you know, just, uh, I don't know, just going over the top of each other. And one of the reasons why, when I heard this song, it blew my mind was because of this song, which I'm going to. His name is Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina, Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina, Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina, Mr. Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina, 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 Mr. Bob Dabalina, want to quit? You really make me sick with your fraudulent behavior. You're gonna make me flip and then an army couldn't save you. Why don't you behave, you little rug rat? Take a little tip from the tabloid, because I know I'm not paranoid. Have you ever heard that song before, Jen? I had not, and I loved it. It is a great song by Del the Funky Homo Sapien, and the name of it is one word, Mr. Dabalina. Nice. And so this was a song that uh, my brother actually played for me once, and I just really got into it. It's got the it's got a cool funk groove to it, and it's you know it's a rap song. And this was before I had heard the song Zilch, and so and that it, it is a sample of Peter saying Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina from Zilch, slowed down a bit, so it sounds a little different, but it's it is a sample, and it it. It just blew my mind that this, you know, that Del the Funky Homo Sapien just decided to sample this obscure monkey song. That is awesome. That is awesome. It's just yeah. super fun. <laughs> so. And I'm sorry, before we go off of that, I also, it also sort of blew my mind that I went back to, you know, after my brother played it for me, I went back to Apple Music to try to find it. And. When I went back to try to find it, I realized there was more than one song called Mr. Dabalina or Mr. Bob Dabalina. No way. Yes. Prove it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a song called Mr. Dabalina uh, by Steve Modana, who is a person I've never heard before. I don't know anything about them, but uh, they, and in fact, they have like 
six different uh, remixes of this song, but I got the original mix. Here's a little bit of Mr. Dabalina by Steve Modana. What? No. <laughs> Make it stop. <laughs> okay, I can. Wow. Does and, it continue like that or does it get worse? Um, it's it's about that. It's about oh like that. Oh my God. Okay. I was not ready for house music. Okay, cool. And, and then there's also a song called Mr. Bob Dabalina oh my God. by Preston Callahan, which I'll just play a snippet of here. Please do. no lyrics to this song so for some for some reason this like new age jazz guy decided to name this song mr bob dobelina wow so anyway this i don't know if you've seen trolls world tour (laughs) but we learned that jazz trolls are not to be trusted i did not know that all right that's a bit of a spoiler but Jazz trolls shouldn't be trusted. <laughs> okay, that's, so just, that's all I'm going to say. I will. I will take. I know your word you want. You're asking for so much more, but I'm not going to tell you anymore because I don't want to ruin it for you. If I see a jazz troll, I will make sure that uh, I keep you know keep my hand in my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So anyway, that was my little experience with uh, the song "Mr. Dabalina. And uh, Zilch, which I think is just a insane, funny uh, monkey song. So does that lead us to what we think the funniest monkey songs are? I think so. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a lead on this one because Randy Scouse Git, which makes no sense, is my pick. And here is the specific part where I think that this is the funniest. The four kings of EMI are sitting stately on the floor. There are birds out on the sidewalk and a ballet at the door. He reminds me of a penguin with few and plaster hair. There's talcum powder on the ladder and the birthday boy is there. Why don't you cut your hair? Why don't you live up there? Why don't you do what I do? See what I feel when I care? I think it's a combination of like the beat change and the funny imagery that we get of the ballet. And I just, it's always made me giggle. And also the name is so weird and I love it. So So that's my vote. So did you look up what the name of the song meant? No, I did not. (laughs) Okay. So, and you are an Anglophile. I am. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you know what the word Randy means? Yes. Okay. And I'm not sure that I totally understand what the word git means, but I oh. do I do believe it's derogatory. It's a, it's a derogatory. Yeah. Okay. It's a derogatory. Is it, is it specific or is it just a general? Um, it's just general. Anybody okay. could be a git. Okay. And then then Scouse, this is the one that I looked up. This is a an accent and dialect of English originating in the northwest county of Maryside where liverpool is oh so, that is where i did not know 
so yeah, so this is, and and when they talk about the the four kings of EMI sitting on the floor, mm-hmm. do you know who they're talking about? No. This is the Beatles. Oh, that makes this sense. Is, yeah, this is a song about, uh, th- there was a meeting, like there was a party or something that the Beatles uh, introduced the monkeys to England, even though, as you mentioned, one of the four monkeys is English. Yes. But uh, but as it, as evidenced by I smell the blood of an Englishman in the episode that we watched. Oh, and he said, he's talking about me. <laughs> and I'm like, exactly. oh, what a cute little, cute little line. Anyway. So a Randy Scouse git is, you know, a horny uh, derogatory term for someone from Liverpool area, I guess. <laughs> that is very specific. And as we know in comedy... The more specific, <laughs> the more funny. Yeah, and this was actually in the UK. It was just an un, untitled track that they took the title off of it because it was considered offensive. Oh, yeah, that's super offensive. It's like when they released The Spy Who Shagged Me in the UK. Do you oh, know really? what they changed the title no. to? Let me just fact check myself real quick. Oh, no need for that. This is a podcast. <laughs> Okay. Well, what I believe that they changed it to was the spy who effed me. You're kidding. No, because shagged is like way worse. Oh. In, I mean, in, in, in English our, vernacular. In our vernacular, effed seems worse than... Right, right. Even, even they're, the... They're the same word. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're the same word. So if you would say the F word here, it would be shag there. And so we think it's funny when we say shag, but it's the full-on F-bomb there, so. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I had I had no idea that it was on par there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what, so what about the, the very thick carpet? What do they call that? I'm not sure. <laughs> Didn't do a lot of interior design as a, as a high schooler, so, yeah. Okay. Is that how it got its name? Uh, that you know, it was such a great place to you know lie down and you know have an F. Is it? Is it? <laughs> All right, move it right along. I'm gonna drop that joke. All right. <laughs> so in that last segment, Kurt said, "Don't fact check it," and then I fact checked it after the episode. And here's the deal. I made some stuff up and that's kind of what happens in my brain sometimes. Uh, but I did find that they did change the title um, several times in many different countries. And although the word shag is less offensive in the U.S. than in most other countries, uh, not all titles were translated into something less raunchy. Uh, the Norwegian title translates to a slightly dirtier way of saying the spy who ejaculated on me. Um, let's see some other wonderful titles that we had here. That's not very spy-like, by the way. No, no, it isn't. You try to, like, leave no trace, right? Right? Well, (laughs) that's a lot of traces. Um, the German title translates to The Spy in Secret Missionary Position, um, which seemed more secretive and spy-like. Uh, in Croatia, the title translated to The Spy Who Groped Me. In Brazil, it's The Spy Who Is Good in Bed. And in conservative China, it was the spy who liked me a lot. Uh, And then also in Singapore, it was changed to the spy who 
behaved very nicely around me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad we did that quick fact check. Yeah. Okay. My, my uh, the funniest song that I had was a little song called Gonna Buy Me a Dog. Two, three, four, five, Eight. six, seven. Hike! Hi. I was late on that one. <laughs> I just got back from Africa, you know. I was playing cards with the natives. Oh, Zulus? No, I usually won. Uh, uh. I wish I had a glass of water. Why, are you first? No, I want to see if my neck links. <laughs> I'd buy a raccoon, but John already has one. <laughs> 35 bucks. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna buy me a dog. Dog. A dog. Mm, yeah. Cause I need a friend now. Yeah, yeah. Boop, shabop, bop, ramble, lamb. I'm gonna buy me a dog. <laughs> what my girl? My girl don't let me know how. How? Now, now, brown cow. So this is clearly the monkeys goofing around, and they actually put in a straight up joke into the into their little you know their their talking back and forth. The uh, yeah, so I played some cards with the natives. Zulus? No, no, I usually won. <laughs> I like that, and then I want a glass of water. Why? I want to see if my if my neck leaks. <laughs> yeah, that was good. So it is a you know funny song that uh, that was uh, clearly just a goof and uh, not written by them, which actually surprised me again. Um, this was uh, written by. Uh, Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart, who actually wrote a lot of the songs uh, for the for the monkeys, but uh, my vote for the funniest song by the monkeys. It's a good choice. It was on my list as well. All right. Well, I think it's time to rate the sense of humor of the monkeys. Okay. So this was your pick. So mm-hmm. we'll let you go first. I am. I so I just keep seeing all of these wonderful parallels between them and the Spice Girls. Um, <laughs> I just do. I just do. Um, they have a slightly larger catalog of funniness because they were around a little bit longer than the Spice Girls. Um, so I think I'm going to give them just a little extra point for that, and I think I'm going to give them a six out of ten because they are. It was fun. It was funny. I enjoyed it. You know, with the monkeys, I think of this this band probably more than any other band that their their you know music their video contributions uh, with the TV shows and and whatnot is just even more uh, relevant. I think than just like the you know the music videos for a lot of others. You know, having the whole TV show and uh, and even though a lot of their their hits are not necessarily funny, I think that a lot of their the videos that they've done and and to be honest i'm not even giving them credit for the movie that they did because uh the movie head which i have not seen yet um but for based on what i've got i'm going to give them a little bit higher than you john i'm going to give them a 6.5 i think that that is a delightful rating all right well that leads us to our next pick which is a listener pick we have a listener suggestion and I want to just, I'm going to use his own words for how he described this band. And he said that their sound is an eclectic mix of corporate satire, eighties, new wave, 
dense arrangements and whatever the hell Devo was, which obviously got me on board. Okay. Um, and the name of this band is, I don't know how they found, I don't know how, but they found me. I don't know how, but they found me. That's right. And they um, are amazing. And I'm looking forward to next week. Well, that's great. So once again, if you have any listener suggestions for different bands that we could do, or if you just want to tell us about all the facts that we got wrong in the latest podcast, or just want to say, hey, good job, guys, keep it up, then send us an email. And where should they send that, Jen? They should send it to curtandjenpod at gmail.com. And we will also accept any of those types of comments or suggestions on our Facebook page or our Twitter page or our Instagram page. So check us out there as well. And until next time. (laughs) This is Kurt. And this is Jen. And And we we just just made made a podcast. podcast. Okay. One. That's our show. It's time to go. Gosh, that hour really went by fast. Hope you had fun. This ep is now done. Kurt and Jen made a podcast. Perfect. Is it though? Oh, my voice hurts my...